Welcome to another episode of the Common Man's Take on Sports with Kevin and Quentin. Alright, it's been a little while. Um, I'm going to try to get some more episodes out here, but before we do that, I just want to say that we are getting close to our 50th episode. And so on our 50th episode, we are actually going to do a video recording and post it. So you will get to see, you will get to match some faces with the voices. We'll do our first video recording. Maybe uh, after that we might do a live recording on uh, game day here. One of these game days. But um, let's go ahead and get started, Quentin. So college basketball is upon us. It has started. It's a weekend. Couple of surprises there. <laughs> Michigan State lost their first game. Yeah, that was a real surprise for me, you know. Michigan State is ranked number four right now. Mm. And that was just I don't know. Who, who did they lose to again? They like lost it was, uh, to what was James Madison. James Madison. Wow. <laughs> In overtime, 79-76. That is not... Well, you don't know you you don't normally hear that no. that, that Michigan State loses to James Madison in, in basketball, unlike their football program, their basketball program is as much as I hate to say it usually pretty good. Um, so that was that was strange. Uh, they had a bounce back win today, but anyway, that's man, that surprised me a lot. Um, they beat Southern Indiana. Yep, USI. Yep. Uh, so. College basketball is upon us. We'll start seeing some games. Uh, we'll probably wait to cover it too heavily until it's kind of uh, a few few weeks has passed just to kind of see what everybody looks like right now because it, it's early. Everybody's only played a game or two. You're not really going to get much from that. you got to kind of watch basketball for a couple of weeks and you're going to start kind of seeing some teams kind of separate themselves a little bit in the early going. Um, and it might not stay that way, but you, you kind of get an idea of, you know, who's looking good there early. So we'll start covering a little bit of college basketball here real soon. Uh, NBA is in full swing now. It's been in full swing for a couple of weeks. The, uh, I told you when the Lakers made their moves that I was not a fan of all of the moves that they made granted it's early but I this is why I was not a fan of bringing back a player like D'Angelo Russell um, who doesn't play defense they're three and five right now and so uh, I, I really thought they should have really pushed hard to get another I thought they really should have tried to push hard to see how, if they could have acquired. Maybe they did. Dame Lillard. I thought he would. He, I thought his best fit was in LA next to LeBron and, and AD. But uh, as of right now, like they don't have that third, third superstar they can look for. They did shore up their defense a little bit, but unfortunately, the um, the problem with that. Is they their their scores are still just you know AD and LeBron, so they're they're gonna have to figure out how to fix that problem going forward. 
um, and uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. But the the Nuggets still look really good at eight and one. Uh, I my personal opinion, they're probably gonna at least right now. There looks like they're probably gonna repeat as NBA champs. They didn't lose much in the off season. They still have a really really tough team. They kept the majority of their core together. I, I think everybody's gonna have a tough time beating them. 76ers are leading the East at six and one. Um, I think Duncan James Harden was probably the best thing they could do. I I don't think they're gonna win the East, but I think that's that was probably the best thing that they could do. Yeah, because James Harden, it was like this whole feud going on. Yeah. It was kind of it was kind of messing up the 76ers, but I mean that would have put Joel Embiid in a great place, but I think that that was the right move to make for the 76ers. I mean, it, they had to, even though it would really help Joel Embiid um, out a lot to take all the, to take most of the pressure off him. But, eh, I mean, I think they should, I think it was a great move to uh, yep. get rid of James Harden. I think so. I don't really think he fit what they wanted to do. Uh, Boston's five and two, looking pretty good. Uh, Indiana six and three, looking pretty good. Atlanta, Milwaukee, both look pretty good. So uh, if you move down to the Western Conference, we already talked about Denver. Denver looking good. Dallas Mavericks. So Kyrie is starting to look like he's really fitting in with Luca and that Dallas Mavericks team. I have to say they look a lot better this year than they did in the past. So I, I think Dallas looks really good this year. Minnesota five and two. Uh, Golden State started off a little slow, but they really bounced back six and three. And uh, Oklahoma City's five and three. Yeah, um, I I really think that the Mavericks are having a better year this year because mm -hmm. um, last year when Kyrie Irving came, they were in a playoff mix, but then. The playoff chances ended, and I think that um, this year when he's actually playing a full season with the Mavericks, he will get uh, more into their their scheme, their, their offensive scheme, and their defensive scheme. So um, I think that's really helping the Mavericks out. I think part of the problem last year, um, and I'm I'm not a huge Kyrie fan, but I think part of the problem last year for him was he missed a lot of time again. And I just don't think that he got to enough time to fit into what they do on offense and defense. I think he's now he's had he's had some time to, to kind of fit into what they want to do, and I think he's he's fitting in just fine there with Luca. Yeah, now I agree. Um, I think he takes a lot of pressure off of Luca, and I think he's the perfect fit for this Mavericks team. I think mm -hmm. he just needed some more time uh, to get into what they were doing. I think he just needed a little more time. And now I think uh, that he's a great player now with the Mavericks. And uh, that he he's going to lead them to... Um, he's going to lead them to a better team. So one thing I do want to bring back up, you know, we talked about some off-season moves a while ago. 
on a podcast, one of the first podcasts we did. And so I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns. So there's a couple of things that, so I predicted that they would struggle a little bit because they really don't have a primary ball handler to bring the ball down the floor. And I didn't know who that would be. So I haven't even been able to see that in action yet because their three superstars haven't even played one single game together yet. Either Bill is out or Devin Booker's been out. And so their big three haven't played one game yet together. And it makes you wonder, like, are they going to? They're, they've played eight games now and none of their three... None of the three players in that court have played together at the same time. They've all played at separate times, but different combinations. Like Kevin Durant's played with Riley Bill a couple of games, and he's played with David Booker a couple of games, but all three haven't played together. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not a fan of the, the, the moves that the Suns made. I'm, I, I, just, I don't think that it's going to get them over the top. I think I don't think they're better than Dallas. I don't think they're better than Denver. I don't think they're better than Minnesota or Golden State. I mean, well, that's true. I think health has been uh, what's been just disturb- disturbing the Suns this to the start of the season. You know, like you said, there's been eight games. They played eight games, and uh, not one of their three stars have all played together. Uh, like you said, Bills play a different time with Kevin Durant, and um, Devin Booker's play a different time with Kevin Durant. And I think that this is, I, I really didn't expect uh, them to play at the same time. You know, I want to see the Suns, three superstars, play at the same time, and um, I want to see them all in action. I just want to see how that dynamic's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how's that going to even yeah. work? Yeah. I want to see how that plays out. I, and I want to see if the Phoenix Suns moves were, were great getting Bradley Beal. That was just some early thoughts from me on the NBA, just what I've seen in the first eight games. Yeah. yeah A lot can change. I mean, you're, you're talking about 82 games. So, you know, you still have 20, 74 games left to play, plenty of games left. So I know the uh, in-season tournament started yesterday, and uh, we'll go through the weekend. We'll see how that works out. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that the Timberwolves are having a good start to the season. Let me check their roster. Uh, the big move they made was they got uh, yeah Rudy Gobert, but I think one of the big things was that uh, Edwards had a really good year last year, but it looks like uh, Anthony Edwards has taken a step forward from that this year and is is really kind of blossomed. Maybe some of that time on the USA team kind of helped him a little bit, but it looks like he's he's kind of carried that over. You still have uh, Towns, McDaniels. I mean, they, they have a pretty good team there. 
and Minnesota, so they should have a pretty decent run this season, I think. I know Memphis is still without uh, John Morant. He's still Suspense. serving his suspension. Yep. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd have to look. For a, a hundred games, I think? No, it's not a hundred games. No, there's, only 80, there's only 82 in a season. No, I think he's suspended 60. for half the year, but I'm not sure. I'll have to look and see when he's supposed to come back. Yeah, that looks 60, I think 50 or maybe 40. I thought it was 40, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's something I would have to look up. Yeah. I mean, Memphis isn't looking that good. They're at the bottom of the Western Conference right now, sitting up 1-7 and seven, uh, without John Morant. You know, I thought they'd have a pretty good year um, with the... Marcus Smart. Yeah, I thought they have a pretty good year with Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's overrated, in my opinion. He's a good defender, and that's about it. Yeah, he's not... Uh, he's averaging 13.6 points per game, 2.8 rebounds, and 5.6 assists. Assist. And uh, he has... He has 44.2 on a field goal, field goal percentage this year. Season. I thought he, I thought he'd be a good player because. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I just think that he's given credit for being better than he really is. I don't think he's that good. I think he's just. A, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a. He's a good, uh, role player, but he gets credit for being more than a role player, and I just don't think that he is. He's just a role player. Okay, so. Um. Saw that John Moran had a 25 game suspension. 25 games. Okay, that's so what I thought. So he'll be coming back. Uh, he's still got a while to go. Probably <laughs> uh, maybe January. They've only played eight games, so yeah, it'll be a little while. Yeah, probably January he come back. Um, <clears throat> somewhere in there. Um, yeah, I mean. I thought Marcus Smart would fill in that hole since John Morant suspended. No, Marcus, John, he's nowhere near the uh, the player that John Morant is. John Morant's a superstar in the NBA. I mean, I Again, thought, Marcus Smart's nothing but a, a role player. Um, I thought they have Derrick Rose, too. Yeah, but oh, Derrick Rose oh, is a, is a shell yeah. of what he was. Oh. Unfortunately for him, injuries destroyed his career. He, he reminds me a little bit of, of Grant Hill. He, superstar player and injuries kind of just slowed his career down and, and you know hindered him a lot. Before his injuries, he was definitely a superstar. Yep, he is out for week two. Mm -hmm. While dealing with, well, dealing with a knee soreness. Yep. Okay, so well, I forgot he had so many injuries in his career. I forgot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's had two knee surgeries in both knees. He's he's had a rough go of it. Yeah, he he hasn't got to play much. Huh? So no, I guess you're right. I mean, 
I mean, I know they don't have anybody to replace John Morant. Um, I thought the Lakers were gonna have a good season, at least an okay start I mean, to the season. But I mean, I mean they can still have a good season. I just the what the moves that they made, I just don't think made them a, a championship contender. No, I think they could have got a better point guard than D'Angelo Russell. I think Austin Reeves is a fine shooting guard. He's um he's a young player, so he's so he's learning, but um. I just think they could have got a better point guard than D'Angelo uh, Russell because D'Angelo Russell can't really play defense, you know, especially the, against Jamal Murray because the, Jamal Murray is a great offensive player. And the problem you have is, so you have Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell who are good offensively, although I think Russell's spotty at best. He's He's a... He's a shooter that can get hot quick, but he's also a shooter that can shoot you out of a game. But the problem with a guy like Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell is that they're a liability on defense. Now, Austin Reeves tries. I give him that, but he's a liability on defense, right? He's not going to guard most of the shooting guards in the NBA. So your problem that your coach has is he's got to manipulate that lineup back and forth to accommodate that. Whereas if you have a guy like Anthony Davis or LeBron James who can be two-way players, which means they play offense and defense, like that's it. That's your only two players in that starting lineup to play both ends. Except for, I think they got Terrain Prince. And he's... Uh, I know he's been out a couple games for injury, but I mean, this new two-way players are are like having gold in the NBA because they're so rare, you know. And that's that's what you need to beat a team like the Denver Nuggets or the Golden State Warriors or, or you know anybody like that. You need two-way players. You need players who will play both ends of the floor. And commit to playing defense and offense um, because you're going to have to get stops. You can't just outscore everybody. Yeah, um, I agree. I think their defense, Austin Reeves tries. It's lackluster. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of what's slowing the Lakers down down this season. Their offense is great. It's just their defense needs to work. Needs to get some. They they need to work on their defense because against the Rockers, ro- not the Rockers, the Rockets. No, they they were horrible in that game. Just, they got demolished by the Rockets. Yeah. I mean, the Rockets made some good moves, but I mean, I didn't expect the Rockets to win by like thirty points. The Rockets aren't even that good. No, it doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, the Lakers lost to the Rockets. That make doesn't make much sense to me. All right, let's transition into NFL, which is in full full swing. Well, yeah, we're now going they are to almost week. halfway through the season at this point. Yep, we're going to week 10. Um, actually, they are halfway through the season. And so as we look, some teams that are separating themselves, the Baltimore Ravens look like the real deal right now. That yeah. defense is devastating. And the playmakers they got, Lamar Jackson now, on the offensive side of the ball, 
are obviously working. Yeah, you know, Zay Flowers and having a great rookie year. He's yep. a great option. He's a great playmaker for Lamar, you know. And uh, so Odell Beckham Jr. is a great playmaker. Even with the injury of J.K. Dobbins, like Gus Edwards, man, that dude has been toting that rock. And he's tough. Man, he's tough. Uh, so the Ravens look really good. Uh, right now, they look like the class of the AFC currently. Yeah. Um, you got the. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. You got the Chiefs right behind them at seven and two, also. So yeah, the Chiefs are obviously, you know, uh, the reigning AFC champs. So I can't put the Ravens over them yet. But man, the Ravens look good. They look like the moves they made this this summer. Um, really accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. And I I can't wait to see that rematch between the Ravens and the Steelers. I think the Ravens are going to eat their lunch the second go-around. Yeah, I think the Ravens are going to get on a better foot right now. Uh, Ravens, Todd, Chiefs, the Chiefs just have a better conference record than them. But, I mean, the Ravens' defense, they destroyed the Lions. They held the Lions to, I think, three points. No, six points. They held the Seahawks to three points mm -hmm. in that game. They were just, and they held the uh, Browns to three points. The Jaguars are another great. team that's separating themselves right now. Yeah, six the and AFC, two. Um, the AFC South is usually a weak division. It, it's usually mm -hmm. a weak division right now. You got the Texans uh, sitting at five hundred. I don't. I don't think the Texans are that good of a team just yet. No. I think they need some. I think a couple more years of experience for C.J. Stroud. I think they'll be a great QB. But um, I don't think the Texans are that elite team that they hope to be this year with the moves they made. Um, the nope. Jaguars have to brave themselves because right now they're six and two. Um, they have a. Pretty good team. You know, they started the season one and two. Uh, and Don't they play the Niners next? They play the 49ers. So, 40, mm. so the 49ers will have Debo Samuel back for that game. So we'll see what's going to happen um, uh, against the Jaguars. I think that's going to be a great game. Obviously, the team that's playing like the best team in the NFL right now are the Eagles at 8 and 1. And they. Uh, they beat the Cowboys in the last game to make them five and three. So, Eagles look like the class of the NFC. Um, but you also got the Detroit Lions, who look really good this year. They were off last week. They're six and two. Um, and you got the Niners, who are kind of on a backslide at five and three. We'll see if they they made a couple of moves there at the trade deadline. We'll see if that cleans that up for them a little bit. Okay, so when you say the Eagles are is are um, at the top of the NFC. Right. You know, they've had a they've had very close calls against the Commanders because their first game it was an overtime win, thirty four to thirty one, and their second game it was a win, thirty eight to thirty one. That's just a really close game, and you can't have close games against teams like that. You know the Commanders aren't that good, and. Um, the Eagles defense wasn't looking that good, so I think they could have good. So I think they could have uh, made a better defense. 
had a better defense. But I mean, they really should have had. They really should have had a better defense in the, in those games against the Commanders. So I mean, I think that's what they're lucky they 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 don't play the Commanders anymore because they've already finished the season series in two close calls and that. So I mean, they're gonna have. So um, they still have to play uh, the uh, they still have to play the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Chiefs, and and the Chiefs and Cowboys as well. So Seahawks, Cowboys, 49ers, Chiefs, they still have to play. So the Eagles still have a tough schedule. Um, so I wouldn't call them the NFL's best yet or the NFC's best yet because um, of uh, of the <coughs> the schedule they have left. <coughs> they had a close call against the Cowboys 23 to 28 no 28 to 23 and um, I think that that's a close call against the Cowboys. Um, so, uh, I mean, you gotta, I mean, you gotta be careful about saying that the Eagles are the NFL's best and the NFC's best because the Lions, six and two, looking pretty good. They're coming off the bye week, and I think that they're gonna be. The Eagles lose a couple more. If the Eagles lose, the Lions are gonna be that number one seed. They're gonna take the number one seed if the Eagles lose. That's that that that's gonna be what's happening. That's definitely what's gonna be what's happening. Uh, the Eagles lose. The Lions gonna be at number one seed because the Lions, great team. They're a great. They have a great defense. Aiden Hutchinson's been looking like. He, I think he should have won, won Rookie of the Year. Uh, that's. I think he should have won it, but lost to Sauce Gardner. I mean, so I think he should have won it, but it is what it is. Their offense is great. Jared Goff looking like he's going to have a great year. Jameer Gibbs as a rookie out of Alabama as a running back. He's looking pretty good. Um, while David Montgomery was out, um, Jameer Gibbs started as running back, and he looked great uh, against the Raiders. And I think that he will have a great season. If I, I think the Lions should give him a couple more snaps. Maybe like in the start of the fourth quarter, they give David Montgomery a break, and they let Jameer Gibbs in there because Jameer Gibbs, great player, and the Lions have a great offense, and I think that uh, I'd be careful saying that the Eagles um, will will be the end. Are the NFC's best and the NFL's best? I'd, I'd be careful. That's why I'd be careful with that. Um, on there, on that one. That's why I'd be really careful calling them the NFC's best and the NFL's best. <clears throat> yeah, I just, I said the Eagles because right now they're eight and one. The, uh, they are. They're. They look really good. 
they're coming off an appearance in the Super Bowl. I know they lost, but man, they look like they want to go back. And Philadelphia looks really good right now. All that can change. I think Detroit looks really good right now. Uh, we'll see how they look coming off uh, bye week. But uh, as of right now, they look really good. I mean, there's as you can see, teams are starting to separate themselves now. And you're, you're starting to see who's actually contenders. Dolphins are six and three in the AFC, so they're caught, they're in there. Pittsburgh, you gotta give them credit. They're five and three. I mean, I don't the Browns are five. So here's what's crazy about that division: the Ravens are seven and two, the Steelers are five and three, the Browns are five and three, and the Bengals are five and three. That is the toughest division in the NFL right now. If you look down at the records of all the other divisions and all the other teams, there is no other division that has their teams with over every team in that division has over a 60% winning percentage right now. No other division is like that. So the AFC North looks like the toughest division in the NFL right now. You know, you got the Bengals bouncing back from a rough start. And, uh, you know, all those teams are 600 or older. Mm -hmm. And that's just, well, that's crazy. You know, I I didn't see that. Now, I mean, you got the AFC South, probably the weakest division besides uh, the uh, NFC South. The NFC South's horrible. Yeah, the Saints are five and four. The Falcons are four and five. The Buccaneers are three and five, and the Panthers are one and eight. I really thought the Panthers were gonna go over. I thought they would be the first team to be zero and seventeen, and they got that long win off the Houston Texans <laughs> to be That's one and eight. Crazy. I don't know if they'll win another game. They got to be the worst team, other than the Cardinals, I guess, at one and eight. They have to be the worst team. In the NFL, I mean, I mean there's a couple of teams that are hanging around there with them. Patriots at two and seven, the uh, Giants at two and seven, the Bears three and seven, but the Cardinals and the Panthers are both one and eight. Now that Kyler Murray's back, the Cardinals will probably win some games. The Panthers, I just, I don't know if there's any winnable games left on their schedule. Um, the Cardinals. Face Atlanta, Houston, uh, the Rams, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Chicago, Philly, and then Seattle. So, mm -hmm. pretty kind of soft schedule besides the uh, Eagles and maybe the Seahawks. But, I mean, it's just going to be the Panthers never traded. Uh, Bears did not ask for so much just for that number one pick in last year's draft. The Panthers probably had the first pick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, so, the Panthers need it because they have a great team, but really. They actually probably decent. should have waited because there's actually a pretty decent QB class coming out this year. And they probably just could have waited one more year and got their QB without giving all that up. Yeah, I mean, they had to get DJ Moore up. 
But, uh, I mean, they, they gave up several draft picks. Yeah. So, um, I do want to hit on one note, though. So, the Lions lost to the Seahawks. But let's not forget, first game of the year, they beat the Chiefs. Yeah. Who's one of the best teams in the AFC. So, the best team. it's not like the Lions haven't, you know, beat some pretty stellar opponents here. Um, so, I, the Lions are, they look really good this year. And the Ravens look really good. I, I mean, there's some teams that are separating themselves for sure. Yeah, like it, that... It, that it looks like the Jaguars have separated themselves from the AFC South. Looks like Ravens, the Chiefs have definitely separated themselves. There's no really no other team close to them. I don't know about I, that. I think I'm that the Eagles are better than the Chiefs right now. I'm talking about the AFC West. Oh, AFC West. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Well, the AFC West is weak. You got the Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos. Yeah. Who? I thought the Chargers would have a pretty good season this year, but I guess not. I mean, I thought the Chargers would have a pretty good season because, I mean, they got a pretty good wide receiver group, but I mean, I guess not. I mean, they're 4-4. Four four. It doesn't make much sense to me, but I guess. Um, but they have... Yeah. Injuries have been kind of kind of killing the Chargers. Um, but, I mean, I guess the Chargers are 4-4. Four four. Yep. I, I mean, the Raiders right now, 4-5, that was, that was, a, that wasn't surprising. The Raiders aren't that good of a team. They, they've never been that good of a team. Besides, um, I'm going to go right back to like the 60s and the 70s. Um, Broncos, I mean, Sean Payton wasn't going to make much of a difference, as in, especially in year one with the Broncos. Sean Payton's not going to make that much of a difference, um, just because he's won, just because he he's had a lot of success, uh, with <clears throat> with uh, Drew Brees and his years with the Saints. I mean, he's not going to have that same success with Russell Wilson. No reason to that. So, last thing I want to finish up with here is the uh, talk about some of the college football games I'm excited to, to watch tomorrow. Obviously, top of my list is Michigan and Penn State um, for a couple of reasons here. One, um, this is one of the Titan battles in the Big Ten East. Uh, Penn State only has one loss, and it's to Ohio State, the other undefeated team in the Big Ten East. Michigan can, if they beat Penn State, like they're going to set up a another end of season clash, more than likely with Ohio State for all the marbles, right? But they have to get past Penn State. Penn State's a pretty tough team, pretty decent. Michigan is favored by four and a half. However, that line came out before the news of today that came out that the Big Ten has officially suspended Jim Harbaugh for the last three games of the season. So as of right now, this hour, he will not be on the sidelines for that Penn State game. How does that affect the game? I don't know. I know that 
the the offensive and defensive coordinators do pick most of their plays. However, you know, when it comes down to the big decisions like on fourth and one, on some of the other ones, you know, Jim's usually the one that gives the last okay on whether they're going to go for it, punt it, whatever. And so I'm interested to see if he's not on that sideline, if Michigan can still win that game and stay undefeated and set up that for next week against Maryland. We'll see how that game plays out, or we'll see if Michigan had an opportunity to file an injunction and keep Jim on the sidelines. That's that's a I developing story. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I think they should. I think they at least should try to keep Jim on the sideline because right now. I'm I'm interested to see if that line changes if he's not on the sideline. I mean, if he's not on the sideline, Michigan has to figure out something against Penn State because, I mean, if they lose to Penn State, um, Ohio State will will lead the Big Ten East. So, Michigan. Michigan better win that game so they'll still be tied with Ohio State try to win the Big Ten East. The other game I'd like to see is Florida-LSU. I think that that's turned into somewhat of a rivalry the last few years. There's a couple of fights that have broken out before and during the game. So that one's going to be an interesting one to watch. That's uh, I think it'll be turn out to be a really good one. Yeah, that's yeah, I think this will be a good one. Good one, you know. Jane Daniels, um, I guess he will play that game because, uh, in the Alabama game, he left due to an injury. So, um, you know, a question that's been in my head is that if he will play or not, I guess he will. The other game I'm interested in watching is Utah and Washington. I'd like to see how that one plays out. Yeah, that might be a good one, you know, or. Washington might destroy Utah like Oregon did, you know. Oregon, uh, I think that was at Utah. Yep, I'd like to. I'm re- I'm excited to watch that Tennessee Mizzou game. Yeah, um, Missouri good. gave Georgia some troubles, so I'll see if they can uh, beat Tennessee. Tennessee's not that good this year. I think uh, Joe Milton isn't ready for the starting job. I just don't think Tennessee is that good this year. I think Missouri will beat Tennessee. I think Missouri is just a better team than Tennessee right here. This is just, it's just um, Missouri all the way, you know. Um, Tennessee, great team last year, Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker went for the draft. Now, I just don't, I just think Tennessee's overrated this season. I don't think that they're that good of a team. Last, uh, last two games I'm interested in watching is Old Miss and Georgia. I think that could be a really good one. Yeah. And know, Duke and North Carolina. I think that could be a really good game. I didn't even see Duke and North Carolina. But I, yeah, I think that's going to be a good game. You know? uh, USC, Oregon one. Yep, that's the next Oregon. one I was going to mention. Yeah, um, I think Oregon's going to win. Oregon's defense is great. Um, USC's offense is great, but USC's defense is not good. So, uh, I think... I mean, Oregon has a great team. You know, great offense, great defense. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what will happen at that in that game. What if if Oregon's defense will stop USC, or if it'll be just like the Washington USC game where Oregon's defense cannot stop USC. 
like or where it can be a high scoring game, you know. We'll Ole Miss see. Georgia game. That's gonna be a good one. That's a top ten matchup right there. I think so. It's gonna be a great game. You know, Ole Miss eight and one. Their only loss, uh, I believe, was to Alabama. Yes. Huh. And Georgia got some struggles against um uh Missouri. Ole Miss's defense isn't isn't that good of a defense. I mean, they allowed 49 points against LSU. They allowed 20 against Arkansas, 21 against Auburn, and they allowed 35 against Texas A&M. You know, that defense isn't looking pretty good. So, um, Georgia will be without Brock Bowers. So, that's not – that's going to be a big loss for them. Um, yeah, that's going to be an exciting game. But I'll see – we'll see if Ole Miss – Will might pull up the upset against Georgia. I don't know. That's that. I that's gonna be a good one. Excited to watch that one tomorrow. All right. That's all for today's show. Don't forget uh, to catch this if you don't like to listen to podcasts. If you like YouTube better, you have friends that like YouTube better. We do post these shows on YouTube, so please go over and. Listen to it, like it, subscribe. Thank you for listening. Uh, We're going to get back to putting out some more shows, at least try to do uh, a few a week. We just got a little busy there for the holiday holiday week, but we thank you for listening. You guys have a good night.